Well, I guess we should get some silence. Okay. And then uh, do a show. Very good. Oh, you broke the silence. Oh, shit. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he broke it sorry. again. They broke it again? Oh, sorry. <laughs> ah! Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's not working. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon, episode four. Five, four. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Edrick. And you started really fast. Oh, I did start really fast because we got a bad connection. So I'm trying to like oh, okay. uh, up the energy and the hopes that this makes things better. Sure, sure. Sorry, we're, uh, we're doing this during, you know, those times. Mm, I remember them. Everyone's on, everyone's on Zoom. Everyone's having meetings. Everyone's, you know, using the internet too much. And uh, <laughs> we've strained the connection. And now the, it, what we sound like. And uh, I apologize to it, to it, and to you. I you apologize. I apologize for you apologize to the inter- internet for, I don't know why, for using it. And to it- our uh, lovely listeners, I I apologize. I apologize. All right, well, that's good. Because we're Canadian, so we always start with at least three apologies <laughs> off the top. That's true. That's true. Uh, what can hey, I? Jay. What can I apologize for? Uh, uh, your sassy attitude. Oh well, there you go. So, That's the usual, so the usual problem. Mouth. I really, yeah, it's a problem. Me and my sass. So, were you gonna ask me a question? You said, "Hey, Dave." Yeah, I was gonna. I was well. The thing, and I understand why you're being so sassy right now. Uh, <laughs> and it's because uh, you've got a best-selling book in Canada now. Oh, and uh, you're being really. Uh, it, 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 I know that does affect you. You know, when you've got a best-selling book in Canada. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You can't help this but be. A, you can't be help but be big headed about it while you're schlepping around at your your labor job. That you know, you just go well. You know, I am lugging heavy things around in the the heat of the summer. But hey, I've got a best selling book. Yep, that's what you tell your boss. <laughs> hey, boss, got a best selling book. And then the boss goes, "Yeah, I wrote the Marrow Thieves." And he went, "Oh no, did oh, you? Oh man, that book's number one." <laughs> uh, okay, I'll shut up then. Since last time. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah, our book, uh, sparks double dog dare. Well, here's the weird thing. Uh, if you go to CBC books, uh, or CBC, yeah, CBC books or cbc.ca slash books, yeah. uh, you'll see they got the top 10 Canadian, uh, books, sure. uh, different categories, yeah. like fiction, nonfiction and, and, and kids books. They call them children cause you know, they're fancy. Uh, but we are number four, uh, which is, which is delightful. They got the name of the book wrong. Oh. They've listed us as the book that we wrote, uh, uh, drew, and colored uh, two years ago. Oh, the Bible? Uh, yeah, we wrote the Bible. That was <laughs> us. Um, no, it was uh, the original Sparks. Uh, but Sparks Double Dog Dare came out last week. And uh, yeah, uh, right now we are number four of Canadian kids' books. And the, the interesting thing is we're behind the books that we were behind last time we were on the list. Yeah. It's Those cre- books it- have not moved. Yeah, that's, then that, then you have to ask the question, why is everyone so interested in marrow? I think it is basically the Hunger Games of Canada. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't know what it, I yeah. didn't know what it was about. Let me describe. So that makes sense. Uh, it's a marrow young adult, games. young adult fiction. Okay. 
Yeah, that's right. In the dystopian world of the Marrow Thieves, climate change has ravaged the earth, mm-hmm. and in a continent-wide hunt and slaughter of indigenous people is underway. Wanted <laughs> for their bone marrow, okay. which contains the lost ability to dream, a group of indigenous people seek refuge in the old lands. See, that's exciting. I'm oh, all for that. Yeah. I don't know why our book is in any way in the same category as that. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard a more Canadian book. Really? Oh, okay. Fair enough. The Marrow Thieves. Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, they, uh, I mean, there's always one like uh, the hockey player who gave a damn or something. There's almost like that, like <laughs> the, littlest, the littlest puck lord or something. Yeah, you know, there's one of those that's sure, sure. floating around. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, it's, it, Marrow Thieves has been number one for forever. Uh, number two, uh, speaking of forever, is Love You Forever by Robert Munch. Well, that's which, that's been around forever. Because if someone has a baby, you give them that book. He never was never it's, given that book by anyone. Uh, yeah, it was a. It was like I gave it to. I gave it to. I gave it to people who didn't care. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's 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 the kind of it's the kind of book that if it if it hits you right, it's like oh, this is the sweetest book that's ever been. And if it doesn't, eh. And then number three is another Munch book, The Paper Bag Princess. Oh, then number four is uh, us. So we've just got to bring Munch down. Just what I'm saying. Just to. Turn it around to us. I did a, a title card of the paper bag princess one. Yes, with sneaky, did. sneaky dragon know. as the dragon on of the of the cover. Yes, that is a very nice illustration. Well done. Yeah, and you also did one for Sparks. You did a parody of the original Sparks as well. I did. What a guy. Me and my jokes. Uh, I don't want to say what it is, but uh, I finally clued into a joke that's in our second book, the Double Dog Deer book. Yeah. Uh, and I went like, oh, this is a parody of the cover of our first book. And uh, I wrote to Nina and went, hey, it's a parody. And she went, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, okay. did it. She did the joke. She's the one who did it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah that's fun. She didn't need to get it. She did it. Yeah, she, she really – she did do it, and it was yeah. really good. It took me, I don't know, I guess now a year and a half to get that joke sure, so, or sure. something like that. That's so I'm, I'm what you call a bit slow, mm. and I'm not getting faster with this whole situation right now. I'm that's, not speeding up. That's like when when Bud Abbott, Abbott wrote to Lucas Costello and said, "Hey Lou, who is the name of the guy on first base?" <laughs> so. That would be uh, sad if they were doing that in the old folks' home, but it wasn't a bit anymore. <laughs> it was like it's just getting mad at. It's just so reflexive. Just like I don't know any names anymore. I don't remember a thing, a damn thing. That's probably that, that's probably what happened because I'm just thinking now of I was watching a documentary about Glenn Campbell who who had um, Alzheimer's disease and the last thing that went was his ability to play guitar because he'd done it for oh. so long it was such an automatic thing for him that he could do it without really thinking about it and but he couldn't remember the name of his own daughter he didn't know anyone in his life he didn't really know anything anymore but he could play guitar still and I it's think interesting that that's part of the head yeah yeah and i think the Abbott costello even if they like when they're old and they couldn't remember anything else could still do the who's on first routine because it was just so much a part of them they'd done it so many times at that point in their life that they you know they performed on radio and in movie they'd done it on stage over and over again and they did it you know on and then when you finally again. when finally death entered the room and was standing behind, you know, Abbott, you know, Lou's. <laughs> 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 like, what is it? What is it, Lou? Yeah. Yeah. Speak up! Invisible man! Spider Uh 
a, a giant snake. I don't know. What else is there? A creature from the Black Lagoon? <laughs> That's right. Oh, death itself. I get it. <laughs> Bye, Lou. Ooh, and then it goes away. Uh, <laughs> was he saying Lou or was he saying boo? It's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, you don't know. You just, there's, there's <laughs> no way, there's no way of knowing. I had a, I had a question about, uh, about that, but, but it's gone because again, I can, I can remember Shakespearean monologues, but I can't remember what I was just going to ask you like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> I can do, I can do pretty much the whole, uh, you know, uh, Pied Piper uh, poem uh, immediately, but that's that's all I can do. Yeah, I've got all that crap in my head. Oh man, now I'm thinking like old actors' homes must be terrible. <laughs> oh boy, because they got nothing but uh, monologues. Yeah, in there, and that's has to go. Oof, lordy. Yeah, we should have at least one monologue then that you memorize really clearly. <laughs> that's something that will actually help you when you do have dementia like later on. <laughs> and, and, and it's just a monologue, just like hello. I have dementia. Please return me to the nearest hospital or the spit. Yeah. Thank you, good sir. This is a monologue. Do not interact with me. Just take me home. Yes. Hey. That's something that, oh, Mary works with that a little bit, but when, where Mary is, it's assisted living. It's not full care or whatever. So when, when patients get to the point where they can no longer remember anything they are they are moved on to a different care facility so where she is the people still nominally know what's up they can do their own laundry they can do their own shopping you know but that's not always the case some of them do forget things they do forget things and it is kind of sad actually like there's a lady she was telling me about who was waiting at the door and she said she said um you know she said oh well who are you waiting for and she said or she said, what are you doing? And she said, oh, I'm waiting for someone. She said, well, who are you waiting for? She said, oh, I'm waiting for my dad. He's coming to pick me up. Oh, mm. Mary's just like, oh, <laughs> my heart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't know where you are. That's sad. <laughs> yes. What do you think of those um, uh, kind of extended uh, places for, for the elderly that are like villages where they can just go and do some shopping, but you don't have to pay? And, you know, there's like, it looks like you're waiting for the bus, but you're not really waiting for the bus. But there's like things that they can go and do. It basically, mm. it's the same, you know, things that you normally do on a regular day, but yeah. obviously it's not. It's not, it's not real. Yeah. It just lets yeah. you do stuff so you can do your shopping. You can do normal things, feel like you've got a bit of routine. Yeah. So yeah. is this, is, it, is this uh, something to help stave off the effects of Alzheimer's as it starts to become worse? It just makes it easier. It makes it makes things easier because they want to like leave the building and go do things, but yeah, you can't. Yeah. So instead, you do this, and it's mm. like you know, there's the you know, I've seen things there where it's like the bench where you wait for the bus, then the bus doesn't really come. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's that seems like, like a mean. Little, that seems like a mean trick. <laughs> that's the thing. So I like the idea of like you actually go to these like the grocery store. Or yeah, like, yeah. It's a, you know, a store that's like sells clothes or something like that. Just regular things that you would do, and then you go in and like if you pay. That's fine. Like you get a card and you can pay with this card that really does nothing. Yeah. You know, uh, but you know, there you go. Or if you, you know, forget and you walk out with stuff, that's fine. Who cares? It's fine. <laughs> you know, you walked out with some food. That's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems it, like there's two things. One, I think like, oh, technically that sounds like a good idea. And and two, it sounds like a horror movie. It, it sounds like a it, horror movie where you realize that you're living in a place where yeah. like none of this. Is. Yeah. This yeah. is. Holy, be, wait a minute. It'd be like you were living in an atomic testing neighborhood, you know, like 
Oh, it's for the prisoner. It's yeah. full of mannequins, and you don't know why. A little bit, yeah. I don't know. Like, like I say, where, where Mary is, it's assisted living, so there's people there to help, but the 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 residents are expected to be able to do things on their own. So they they have to be able to. I mean, they get taken by bus, but they have to be able to go do their own shopping. They have to do their own laundry. They have to, you know, they have to do activities and things. So they have things that are expected of them to, do, you know. So they're not so far gone that they need to be in a fake place where they go shopping. They can still actually go do their grocery shopping. And, right. you know, some one lady was hundred is 101 years old, and she just quit doing exercising or doing her fitness classes because she's her hearing's got so bad and her eyesight's got so bad she can't see or hear anymore. Wow. But she still goes okay. for walks. She still goes for walks with a, with a with an attendant. So, you know, that's pretty amazing to be that to be that with it at that age is pretty amazing. But, you know, cuz so many of course just fall by the way, the wayside. Uh it's not even it's not even death, but it's kind of like death I think to be be so just to not be who you were before like you can't remember anyone and you you know, you just there's nothing. Or there's aspects of yourself that you still. Are. I mean, you still are yourself. Like my grandmother, as far gone as she went, and yeah. she went very, very far. Yeah, uh, was still very much herself. Mm. Just couldn't connect. It's like, oh, this sounds like a mean way of putting it, but it's like a connect the dots puzzle. But yeah. after the third dot, you go back to one. But yeah. like she's, yeah. but, but you know, so you just can't get to that next stage. Mm-hmm. But she still was definitely herself. And when you know we were there, she was happy we were there, and you could tell that she knew us in some way, but you know didn't totally know yeah but but there was something positive there and so and when especially when you know we brought my uh nephew when he was a baby and she held him and it was you could tell like at that point something clicked Mm -hmm. and it was like ah she gets this or something just like immediately instinctual got it (laughs) this just immediate boom and we took some pictures then and you can see like she just lit up the connection was just was just there and there's a connection from him to her too, which is just really, really beautiful. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Some people yeah. who with with um, dementia can suffer uh, personality changes too. Like they can become more uh, quick to quick to temper. You know, they can lose their temper more quickly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, things you know, partly because I think it's very frustrating because you're, you know, there's a disconnect between your reality and the the uh, people that you're trying to connect with reality. You know, and so. Like I know with That's my grandma, scary. yeah, my grandma could not remember me as I am now, but she knew me as a child. So when I visited her, she, it was it was confusing for her because I was older than I should be, you know. So mm-hmm. I'd say, "Oh, I'm David, your your grandson," and she'd be like, "Well, but you are six. and I'd be like, "Well, nope, not anymore." But to her, that's something she could remember. She could remember me at that age, but she couldn't she couldn't connect that to who I, I am now, you know. And so it was always very a very weird thing, obviously. Yeah, our thing, our thing was, you know, when my dad passed, uh, we told her, and she was she was sad, but I don't know if she totally got it. But mm-hmm. she she got it, but she didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. And but then of course, like it just goes away. Yeah. And then she asks about him all the time, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, we're not gonna give her this bad news repeatedly for forever. Yeah. We're just like, yeah, you couldn't make it today. What you know, that's what it's got to be. You know, you don't want to like lie to somebody, but it's like I'm not going to tell you that your son's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's no good there's no good that's uh, that's that's coming of that. But you kind of felt though she did know there was like part of her that did get that. So yeah, it's uh, 
it's not a fun thing. Here's my suggestion. Like I appreciate that you know you've got the assisted living, but mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna propose this. Yeah. And see if this works. Sure, sure. And you know you gotta get people to sign up for it before anything happens to their memory, and just go hindered living. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So here's what it is. Yeah. It's just like assisted living, mm-hmm. except you've got someone uh, standing in your way all the time and <laughs> trying to mess you up, and see if that sharpens you up. Okay. You okay. know, you've like, oh, you've got this nemesis. Yeah. It's like always there. And you got to like really be sharp. Otherwise, you're not going to get your food or, you're, you know, they're going to hide your clothes. This is this is really mean. Gonna... Well, it could be or it could actually. These be are elderly people you're talking about. You know, they're like in their 80s yeah, yeah, and yeah, 90s. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could be funny. You're right. But well, what I'm saying is... <laughs> yes, go like on. A, uh, go on with your cruel like pranks. Sell, it's like a yep. Peter Sellers, Clouseau, and uh, mm-hmm. and Cato. Yeah, yeah. And just like when you walk in the room, then they just attack you. You know, and look, it's not like a 20-year-old is like, you know, doing this. It's someone comparable in their own age. That, and it's good for the nemesis as well, you know, because the nemesis stays sharp that way as well. Or maybe you just get assigned a nemesis. And just like you're both enemies. Yeah, yeah. And there you go. And, and I'm saying like in the future this will make sense because this is going to be generations that grew up on the Hunger Games and the Marrow Thieves. Yeah. And so they're like, oh yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is completely uh, makes sense to me. Sure. Yeah. And then just go, just go on with that way, just to see if it works. Maybe uh, maybe they all get sharper and stronger and like become almost superhuman. <laughs> I well. You know, we haven't done it, so we don't know. You could we be, you done, could be onto something. This could, is the only way that uh, science works. Yeah, is, uh, cruelty. The ethics. Yeah, cruelty. That's right. And then we doctor Moreau this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Vivisection. You know, straight on spring perfume right into a rabbit's eyes. How can you not? Yeah. You gotta like. You gotta. You gotta. It's the moon without a Nazis, Dave. That's you can't. What they say. You can't. You can't have right. progress without pain. You know. You need a little Werner von Braun. No that's pain, no gain for von Braun. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I played a Tom Lehrer song about Werner von Braun on the listening party a little while ago. Oh, it's excellent. It's a great song. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it had a very timely ending, I thought, as well. So. Yeah, you know, here's my here's my saying about that pain thing. It's like, <laughs> yep. it's, uh, no pain. Yeah. It's insane. No pain, it's insane? No, no. No pain. Yeah. That was it. That was the end of the sentence. Oh, I'm, That's all. I'm sorry. There's no pain. There's no pain. No pain. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Kind of like, like that, the shirts people used to wear that said no fear. And you're like, I don't think that's a good, I don't think that's a good, I don't think that's a good, like, life philosophy. No fear. Like, fear is like part of our survival package. You know, if you have no fear, you're just, you're just like waiting to die. Like, nothing, there's nothing anyone can do to help you because you, you don't have any kind of like awareness of, of, of risk or anything, you know, like, yeah, I feel like with that, you should just hide behind a door. And then when they walk through, jump out and go, ah! and then if they go, ah, you go, I get the shirt. You know, you're, <laughs> you're a phony. You're, yeah. You're a big phony. <laughs> no, that's a good idea. Yeah. I think that's, if only they were popular still, we could, we could really have some fun. Yeah, that's a shame that uh, no one no one kept their no fear. I guess yeah, we became, <laughs> people seem suitably scared. Yeah, yeah, we went from no fear to all fear. After after <laughs> nine eleven, people threw away their no fear shirts. They're like, no, all fear. It's a worrying time. Yeah, now. I do like that. I, I would uh, I would buy an all fear shirt. <laughs> Man, that actually is, that actually is pretty good. <laughs> I like it. All right, Nike, get on that. Oh, it's a new. It's oh, a, by the way, okay. Dave. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in getting a spark shirt, okay, uh, I am interested actually. Shirts. 
I've, okay, well, I picked one out for myself. Oh, good, good, good. Well, if there's someone who doesn't know how to do it, uh, you're going to go to sparkscomic.com. Okay. And then go to the bottom of the page. Yeah, and down to the bottom of the page. Instructions. And you get to get to some nice shirts. And you can get to the new shirts, the new Spark shirts, the yeah. classic Spark shirts. And you can get it. Hey, man, if you want them on a mug, sure. knock yourself out. If you want it on a mask, yeah. uh, protect yourself from um, uh, coronavirus, sure. boom, we'll do it. We'll save your life. What if I wanted them? Let me just think now. What if I wanted them on a giant tapestry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I get that? Well, what what century are we in? <laughs> I think it's something like the Bayou Tapestry. Yeah. Okay. Or is it? Is well, it, look it up. Look up Bay. Look up Bayou Tapestry and then Sparks. Yeah. See, <laughs> See what comes up. Nothing it says born on the Bayou. Um, yeah. If you go to if you go to Hudson's Bayou company uh they still have some left in their uh, warehouses are they gone now who is hudson's bay done no they're still around they're still around they're still around okay are they going away i hope not okay but okay i thought they were going away though i thought that was the thing like the wrapping up that's what i thought with hudson's bay i hope not either i don't think so uh, i think i think they're a pretty canny company they seem to they seem to know what to do okay in most cases, it's not. It's nothing to do with like the marketplace. Why stores close? It's usually like mm-hmm. some sort of. It's usually some sort of like management ineptitude that drives them into 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 uh, bankruptcy. You know, like here in Canada, we had the Eaton's department stores. They were around forever. Everyone knew Eaton's. They were, you know, like my old boss used to be at Eaton's driver. He used to drive and deliver things for the Eaton's stores in my own house here. For Mr. Eaton, he would he would uh, deliver that hockey sweater. That's to, right. Uh, to kids. To the wrong one, always. Yeah, they'd want. They'd yeah. want it. They'd want their Winnipeg Jets one. And he'd bring them an Edmonton Oilers, and they'd be so disappointed. Oh, oh the kid would be so upset, but so he couldn't upset. say anything. He couldn't say anything because you know his mom ordered it for him, and she couldn't. Right. And she Mr. couldn't Eaton pronounce her H's. So yeah, and then she couldn't. No, that's a fact. Aki. Uh, and then that's why she didn't go to the Hudson Bay. Yeah, because it would have been embarrassing. But <laughs> you could do. You could go to you go to Heaton's, but yeah. So, right. So then. Um, like here in my house, our old stove and refrigerator were were Viking, which was the Eaton's uh, in-store brand, and those those suckers lasted a long time because they were original to the house, so they were from the mid seventies. Uh, mm. So that's pretty good. But anyway, but Eaton's went out of business not because everyone said, "I'm tired of shopping at Eaton's. I'm not going to shop here anymore," but because the the family got into like some sort of feud, and everything went to went to to. To garbage. Same thing happened to Woodward's here in in BC. Woodward's was a uh, not a huge, you know, not a huge chain, but there were like two successful stores or three because there's one at Guilford, then we had the one in New Westminster, and then the the kind of flagship store in Vancouver. And I imagine there are other right. ones around that I don't I didn't know about. But it was was Woodward's connected with Woolco or were they no 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 Woolworths and all that stuff is different. Yeah. Uh, okay. But Woodward's. That was the name of the family, and then, but the the brothers, two brothers, and they got in a big fight with each other, and then the the company went down the down the crapper. Oh. Or Sears was another thing where it was bought by a bunch of of stock, you know, like like uh, pirates basically, who then they just like took the company and and just sold off all the valuable parts of Sears, and then just folded it all up and called it a day. So they just kind of. By the way, Wilco is it, Wilco is connected with Woolworths. With Woodward's. Oh, okay. I was thinking Woolworths. Yeah, no, I'm talking Woodwards. Do you remember Woodwards? Dollar forty nine oh. day Tuesday. 
very good. Yeah, that was Woodward's. That was a local local chain or local department store thingy. That's uh, they always had a very good uh, selection of British things. That's where I bought my Monty Python books when I was a lad because nowhere else would you find my, like British books and things except there. They also had, and they would sell like British um, food. Famously, they had tins of spotted dick, which of course was hilarious when you were a kid. It's still kind of hilarious, oh, even as a even as a person in his mid fifties. I still find that a little hilarious that a store sold spotted dick, which right. is a pudding, obviously, but also you know it's a problem. Yeah, you, yes, true. But you know what it's named after for real, right? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. Spotted, it's a Dalmatian. Spotted Dick is a Dalmatian. Oh, is it? And it looks like a Dalmatian, and that's why it's called that. Okay. Yeah. Does it have? Ra- I never had. It. Does it have raisins in it or something? That is a good question. I do not know. All right. Well, then you can you can answer my question. I, sorry, I took a sip of, of I took a drink there, and then I I couldn't respond right away. No, we don't. I not apologize. Have to. But I'm now. Lo- I'm sorry to make the clicky clacky sound. But I'm now looking up Spotted Dick right now. <laughs> okay. And the pictures, Dave. The pictures. <laughs> Just don't look for uh, it in WebMD. Yes, it's made yeah. with. It is not necessarily made with raisins, but it is made with dried fruit, so that can't ah, include raisins. Okay, so currants. It's made with suet and dried fruit, and mm. served with custard, as they do with all horrible, horrible desserts. <laughs> you don't if like you custard? custard on your British. Uh, it's fine, but it's like. It's like when you have a figgy pudding. Yeah. It's like there's a reason you're covering it with custard, and it's not because figgy pudding rocks. <laughs> you know, it's because the custard cover, covers a lot of sin. Yeah. Well, you're usually you're yeah. usually getting figgy pudding because you demanded it over and over again. Sure. Oh man, That's bring the main it right, reason. right here. Yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. <laughs> That's the main reason. When you're talking about uh, the various big stores with all the crazy. Things that they've all well, not crazy. You said British. I consider British crazy. Okay. Um, I was just reading. Sorry. Yeah. I was uh, just reading the uh, Scott Pilgrim uh, uh, comic, and uh, the big confrontation that happens uh, with one of the boyfriends that in the the vegan boyfriend. Yes. Uh, takes place Scott in Ingram. Honest Ed's. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it takes place in Honest Ed's. It doesn't in the movie. It does in the in the book. And the idea is they're running through Honest Ed's, uh, you know, department store, and, and, and there's so many things that are there that are unrelated. It drives you mad to be in there, <laughs> and uh, that's what happens to the vegan guy. Is he goes a bit crazy, okay. and it was like a race to get to the other side of Honest Ed's. Huh. And having been to Honest Ed's, they're right. That's uh, that's that is that is quite the challenge. Huh. So you're, you're rereading the book. I read the reread the first two books, but then I I got derailed from my reading project. But uh... probably for the best. It's really, for the best. You don't like it? No, I really I love I love actually the early books very much. Uh, but there's something that happens uh, uh, that uh, just does yeah some, something odd. Like it kind of loses the tone. Okay. Uh, and I could I could get that if the t- if the reason for that is because he's becoming more mature or the world is changing. But it's uh, the first couple of books are so dense with like background things and ex- and and just defining this world, the surreal world that's like so hyper Canadian and, and related to video games and comic books and basically everything that Brian Lee O'Malley was interested in. Yeah. And then it becomes much more a character piece. Where like Ramona and uh, and and Scott are living together, and they're having some problems with living together. And Ramona 
in the in the book is uh, is uh, kind of terrible. She's kind of not a good person at all. Yeah. Uh, which would be okay if she then had some redemption or some some something where she does something nice or she we see another side of her, but we don't. So it's just kind of going along like mm, this. Um, yeah, you guys should break up. This isn't healthy in any way. <laughs> Both a couple of jerks. Interesting. And, uh, I'll yeah. have to. Uh, I'll have to give it another. I'll have to continue on. I just like I say, I read the first two books and then I got I got uh, called off. Called yeah, there's off. There's a lot that happens in the third one. I mean, it's it's visually it's it's beautiful. You see, is definitely his art is evolving mm-hmm. through, throughout. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and like some characters hook up that you're like, hmm, I don't know, I don't know about that, but. All right. Okay. <laughs> is that just for titillation, I guess? Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. Is that going to pay off in any way? Nope. Not really. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so there you go. By the way, it's actually the, it's the 10th anniversary of uh, Scott Pilgrim while we're recording this uh, today. And if you want to hear us talk about it, you can ha- hear us talk about it on the Fansplainers. Are you talking about but the movie Edgar, or the books? The movie, yeah. But Edgar Wright has been putting up some uh, behind-the-scenes uh, pictures on his uh, Twitter feed, yeah, uh, including favorite scene, the bread makes you fat. So you get to see them uh, uh, about to shoot that scene that you like so much. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. There was a good uh, <laughs> shot. Uh, I didn't realize this, but there's a picture of of Chris Murphy from Sloan with Mark Webber, who plays Stephen Stills in the film, and they're both dressed alike. And I didn't realize that Chris Murphy played his hands in the movie. So whenever there's a shot oh. of of Stephen Stills strumming the guitar and doing the doing the fingering on the keyboard uh, or the frets uh, uh, that's chris murphy being the double for him oh that's interesting so, yeah i thought that was interesting because he, he was there as their trainer obviously to to get them up and i shouldn't say trainer but you know they're they're kind of music instructor to how to be a band and how to perform on stage and, and everything and then but i thought that was i didn't realize that he also acted as a as a uh, stand-in guitar player well, here's here's another aspect uh, that's different between the movie and the book that uh, I didn't care for uh, with the book is that the band that Scott's in with Stephen Stills and uh, and Kim, uh, they're not good. Yeah. Through the through the whole book, they're not good. And then by the end of the book, they're not good. <laughs> they just were not good. And that's the thing. And, mm. and it's 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 one of these things where like that's that's a choice. That's a choice you can make. But if you're kind of rooting for a character to succeed, it'd be nice if they were good at the thing you were kind of rooting for. Again, it just feels like a bit of a waste of time that you're like, oh, so it never should have really been in that band. You know, I mean, student it and it's doing a thing, but it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. It's actually kind of in interesting. The movie, they're yeah. good. Well, of course they're good. It's it's an American movie. Everyone has to be good at everything they do. You can't have you can't have like just middling. It's very Canadian. You kind of like middling people to sort of like, you know, just having fun and doing their thing and they're not great at it, you know, like, no, I got to be the best. They got to be the best in the world. So I don't know. I feel like yeah, and the you can kind of go both ways with that. They have the chords for their first song. and Yeah. Yeah. They have the chords for the first song and the and the books so you can play along mm-hmm. and just get a song. It's pretty easy. You can play along if you want. I'm like, okay, fine. So it's kind of like by the end, I'm figuring, well, they've been practicing for a long time. You know, let's see. But of course, they don't practice. They they, they become very digital for uh, for a period of time in a you know statement about I don't know what. Um, but it's one of these things like they do in a sitcom sometimes. Is like if they have a character who's got a big dream, and it's like 
you know, uh, let's go as she, uh, Three's Company. Jack wants to be a chef. Okay, that's his big dream, and the whole thing is like plots revolve around him trying to get his break as a chef. Yeah. You want him to be good at it, because if he's a lousy chef, then you're just like, well, there's no stakes, because I don't care, because I don't want him to do well. Even if he does well, he won't do well, so there's nothing to this. So what the who? Who the ba I almost felt that with the sitcom Alice, where like Alice wanted to be a singer, and I was like, I don't know if she's a good singer or not. Should I be rooting for her? Maybe yeah, she should. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, in the movie, I don't think she's but it's great, been, is she? You know what? I have never seen the movie, even though I've got it uh, I've got it recorded. And uh, I keep going, I should watch that. And I, I, I never do. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Alice does live, but she lives on my DVR in my list of things <laughs> I have not. Uh, along with a whole bunch of film noir <laughs> movies that I'm like, that looks good. I'll watch that sometime. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's well. That's, that's I mean, everyone has movies that people can't believe they haven't seen. Actually, we were, some someone at work today was talking to me about the Treasure of Sierra Madre, and I was like, mm, I've never seen that movie. And then, you know, the the actual world came to a complete stop, and he's like, "You've never seen the Treasure of Sierra Madre?" Like, you know, the anger. And then you say to him, "Of course I have. I was just doing a hilarious joke. Now let's move on with our lives." Why would I? Yeah, exactly. But the movie's gold. Gold, I tell you. Gold. It's <laughs> a little dance. That's all I know from the movie. I haven't seen it either. <laughs> it's got, well, uh, uh, he was telling me that he went to watch the movie the other night and he got distracted because they had Warner Brothers movies, Warner Brothers cartoons before it. And one of them was mm. that one with that is related to the film with um, Humphrey Bogart keeps showing up and asking, uh, you know, for a cup of coffee for a fellow American. And that's from yeah, the, that's yeah, yeah. from the movie as well. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bits that have, and also that we don't we don't need no stinking badges or whatever that line is. That's also from that movie. So there's a lot of like a lot of uh, you know whatever the word is I'm looking for. There's a lot of it from that film. They should have just a series of movies for like a couple of days, and the series of movies should just be, hey, you want to get a joke, and it's like a joke that you would not get unless you watched this movie. And it's like, just watch the movie, and at the end of it, we'll tell you what joke you will now understand. Then you play the cartoon, you play a clip of something, you go like, eh? And like, now you get that joke. It's like, oh, I do. Thank you very much, movie. That was worth it. I appreciate it. That's like, here's how you get it. Here's how you get a joke. <laughs> that's what that's, that, I, I think you should. Uh, we, the other day, I was, uh, I was watching. I watched two movies in a row that, uh, well, three, actually. And all three were, huh? Um, the okay. first one I watched yeah. was was Sneakers. Sneakers. You ever see Sneakers? Never. Yeah, Sneakers. Ro- Robert Redford? Uh, it's about, yes, it's about, and Sidney Poitier and Dan Aykroyd and River Phoenix uh, and uh, um, who, who, Ben Kingsley. And uh, yeah, it's all these actors. And it's, you know, it's there's a valuable thing and they're hacking it and the American government hires them and they're hackers and they're all kind of criminals, but they're not. And uh, it's all it's totally fine. It's totally fine. They've got a blind guy. Yeah. He has to drive a van at one point. <laughs> uh, they, they dance to music at one point. Uh, River Phoenix is kind of a horny youth. Dan Aykroyd is doing the Dan Aykroyd thing of just giving information. Uh, you know, quickly. Yes. Sidney Poitier has dignity. Uh, and Robert Redford is the every is the every man. 
you know, who has to like uh, meet up with an old girlfriend who says to him, we're not getting back together. And just keep saying that over and over again. Because, you know, they have a history. Sure. And then at one point, she's she's got to seduce uh, the one actor that's in everything. And you go like, huh, that guy. And it's uh, the guy from Groundhog Day who gets punched in the face. You know who I mean when I'm, when I'm saying that, right? Yeah. That guy? Stephen Long Last Name. Yeah. Bro- Stephen Long Last Name. Stephen Loblowski. Stephen in every movie. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. And you go like, yeah, there you go. That's that movie. And you watch the movie and just go, yeah, I know everything that's going to happen in this movie. That's fine. It was a movie. <laughs> and we're done. Huh. And then and then on comes Protocol. And I'm like, what's this about? And it's got a pretty high rating. And I'm like, all right. It's Goldie Hawn. Okay. And it's Goldie Hawn. Oh, it's and a it's di- Hawn diplomatic and... movie. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And she it... saves the life of someone from a Middle Eastern country. Sure. And so. Alternate title. You know, alternate, uh... alternate title. Diplomat Benjamin. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And it's like, it's not funny. It's not <laughs> nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. Except then she uh, has to go to the Middle East and uh, she's going to be forced into a marriage and she finds out about this and ooh she's slightly annoyed <laughs> and, it's kind of the end of the and uh, things get settled and it's mm. all fine and I'm like oh, okay well that was a movie then I watch uh, Dragnet and I'm like alright wow you're getting a Dan Aykroyd this. Dan Aykroyd on the, on the a little bit yeah and I'm like you know what uh, you got Dan Aykroyd doing the Joe Friday yeah. you got Tom Hanks in that kind of you know uh, a Michael Keaton role that everyone was doing back then. Okay. Um, God, it's nonsense. It's just like it's a movie that keeps forgetting what movie it was 10 minutes ago. Okay. And it's like, oh, all right, let's just start fresh. Yeah. Should we watch what yeah. we shot yesterday? Yeah, we're good. Okay, let's just keep going. Okay, but tonally, we're all over the map. Mm, yeah. Did we break that guy's foot in the last scene? I think we did. Should he have a broken foot now? Eh, what's the big deal? Okay. Continuity, schmontinuity. Right. And it's got Dabney Coleman and okay. Christopher Plummer as the villains. Okay. okay. And both of them, yeah. okay, both of them yeah. make the choice to have a lisping character. Huh. One is uh, a priest who's evil, yeah. and one is Dadby Coleman, who's basically Hugh Hefner. And 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 so Dadby Coleman basically does this kind of this kind of character. Sort of Truman Capote type. But, type. A little bit of that, yes. Yeah. And 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 then you got Christopher Plummer, who's this, this kind of character through the <laughs> thing. I'm like, did you guys check with each other before? <laughs> were you not? Were you not on? Were you not on, on on the set at the same time? Did no? Was there no? Right. Was there no continuity person who went? Hey, wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. You're both what was the like, direct? Who was the director of this movie? Oh, I don't think it matters. Well, they I obviously think, didn't. I don't think it has to. Be. They obviously didn't have like a handle on what was happening. No, and then and then Dan Aykroyd is sometimes like a full cartoon character, mm-hmm. and then he's like a normal guy. And same with like Tom Hanks. Tom, sometimes Tom Hanks is like this total rebel, and sometimes he's just the most regular guy. <laughs> it's just like he's like really normal guy. Yeah, it's like what? What are you? Who's, what, what are y'all doing? What are y'all? What's all happening here? <laughs> and they're up against uh, this group called Pagan, which is people against goodness and normalcy. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> And they all dress up like with goat goat horns and, and goat legs, yeah. and uh, they're going to sacrifice a virgin to a giant snake. Hmm. Well, none of those things yeah, are they, I, those things. Neither of those things are good or normal. So I can see what I can see where they've they've definitely staked out their territory. Right, and you'd be like, oh, okay, so what's their 
plan? Yeah. Why are all these people involved with this thing? They never really get around to that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's was a pretty good question. They, they, there's a this giant kind of you know big big get together where they're going to sacrifice the virgin, and then like the next morning, uh, Friday shows up with like Tom Hanks and the chief of police, and uh, Henry Morgan's there. Uh, well, he and, was in the original Dragnet. Exactly, playing the same character. Ah. It, 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 uh, Dan Aykroyd is the nephew of Joe Friday. He's got a picture of him on his desk. I see. So he's like, hey, this is where it happened. And like, there's no proof of anything that it happened. It's all gone. The, wet, the, 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 the pit where they threw the, the woman with the snake is dry. Lots of growth on the inside of it. Like, you know, years worth of growth. And it's just, oh, okay. How the fuck did they do that? How did they? How did these geniuses do all this? No, we'd never get into it. Doesn't matter. I'm like, okay. So anyway, the movie happens, and then it ends, and there's uh, credits that roll, and then, um, yeah, then you're like, well, we got through that safe and sound. Yeah, we're fine now. Sure. Uh, we're not. We're not fine. Oh. Because uh, there's a rap song that Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks do together. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, now here's what dear. I've heard. Oh, they made dear. a video of it as well. Yeah. Can I can, can and, I just ask? Can I just ask? Is the, is the rap song called "Wet Ass Police"? <laughs> okay, go on. No, no. Okay. No, but uh, but that I, I'm not against that. <laughs> um, yeah. This okay. Okay. So. Trying to see if I can find the name of the damn song. All right, it's like it's like City of Prime or something. Okay, well, so while you're looking, uh, I, I just want to say like I've talked about this before, this. but there is a Dragnet movie that was made in the '50s with Jack Webb and probably Harry Morgan, who wasn't always yes. his partner, but for a long time was. And I watched a bit of it one time on television, just kind of tuned in, and it was on, and I watched it for a little bit, and then I got called to dinner or whatever, and. It had this scene where they they go to this woman's house, woman's apartment, and it's kind of like it's not a terrible apartment, but it's not a great apartment. It's just kind of like okay place. And this lady's husband has been killed, and he was kind of like a low level criminal type, you know. And so she seems kind of okay, respectable in a way, but also kind of hard, you know. And and so they're there to tell her that her husband died. And then, but what's really weird in the scene is that she's she's missing a leg. Like she has a wooden, she has like a, a prosthetic leg and it's such a weird okay. touch. It's not really anything to do with her character. She's not like hiding anything in the leg. It's not, it's just, she's <laughs> a lady who's missing a leg and her, her scum, scummy husband or boyfriend that she was living with has been killed and now she's lost all the support in her life and she's just left alone in the world and she's missing a leg and let's carry on with this movie. And it's just so, it's such a weird scene because it's so evocative and weirdly powerful of like how vulnerable this woman is in this world and what what's what little you know bad decisions and strokes of fortune can change your life without you knowing it and it's just all done so matter-of-factly and so in the movie that i was just i was so impressed by it i didn't i never finished the movie i have no idea what happened after that or whether it was good or bad but it just was such a weird scene and such a oh, strangely, like almost like a David Lynch moment in a movie, but more serious huh. than that. Not campy there, or not campy, not eccentric the way he would do it, but more just straight, like just straight. Here it is. But it's just so captivating and graphic, and it's just weird. It's just strange. 
And then, then you have this movie that's try, trying to like riff on Dragnet, I assume. It's not a really a Dragnet movie. It's more like making jokes about the fact that, he, you know, he just said just the facts, ma'am, and all that kind of stuff like that, which he never did, of course, just imitations of it. But people still pretend that's what he said, so fine, whatever. So that's in the movie. Right. And it's just like all the, you know, very all the cliches that we know kind of like spaced out over an hour and a half with a bunch of nonsense in between. Whereas the actual Dragnet, like the movie, it just seemed so much better than that, which it didn't, it had no right to be. It was just a, t- it was just a radio show that became a TV show. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm. it's not a work of art or anything. It's just mere, in some ways it was kind of like sucking up to the police because, you know, Jack Webb was like a friend to the police and he, you know, he had a relationship with, with the sheriff's department and stuff and probably, you know, probably like glossed over a lot of brutality that was happening at that time in, in the police force in LA, you know, in order to like, tell these stories in a very glamorous way or not necessarily glamorous i shouldn't right. say glamorous but you know made them seem more heroic than probably they were but anyway it's just weird like it's just strange like one is one can create like art and the other just creates a mess and yet we think I and mean, yet in the 90s if you'd asked us how great we were we would have we would have agreed we were great <laughs> but you know what is a mess dave city of crime now city of crime <laughs> what is city of crime oh this is the rap city of this is the rap okay. done by. I'm going to send you at the end of this this music video. Okay, and you must put you must must put this I'll, on the page. I'll try even though we'll, we'll lose us uh, Patreon uh, people, it will. Uh, I, I apologize for that. It will. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Maybe we'll bring new uh, ones. I was listening to uh, a, a podcast with Tom Hanks where he was talking about uh, the first time he ever heard about YouTube. And he was at the kitchen table with his kids, yeah. and one of them's on a, la- a laptop, okay. and uh, and and is and one of the kids says to him, "Dad, did you ever do a rap video?" And Tom Hanks says, "No." And it's like, "Oh wait, yeah." <laughs> uh, it's called City of Oh no, it was called City of Crime. Ugh, awful. And uh, and they went, "Can we see it?" And it's like, "I don't know, man. I I gotta." I, it's on video somewhere around here. I'll probably dig it up for you, but you don't want to. Here it is. And the son turned around the laptop, and there it was. It was like, why is it on your laptop? It's like, oh, it's on YouTube. What's YouTube? Oh, they just have all these videos on there. Yeah, but why is that on there? <laughs> it's like, because it's there. So anyone can see this? Mm-hmm. Click. Play. Humiliation. <laughs> yeah, so that was his first exposure to YouTube. And he did not care for it, that it was like showing that. Interesting. It yeah, was, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty... Speaking of YouTube, a friend of yes, mine sir. a friend of mine had a an interesting experience where his YouTube feed went back in time. And it was really interesting. You know, like... Uh, explain. Well, we all have YouTube feeds, you know. I, I tend to like to watch movie... Um, essay like movie vi- video essays that people do. So I, my and then woodworking videos. So my feed is full of woodworking videos, mu- music. Uh, people talking about music and people talking about movies. Th- that's what's full of it. Okay. And that you know sure. most you know certain of my friends would have been his would have been like had, would have had news things on it. Uh, you know would have had a little bit of uh, like hockey related stuff and then you know whatever else he watched. But no, his went like back in time to the old YouTube. And it was just like all these meme videos of like people falling down the steps or a dog doing something cute, but they're like a minute long. Do you know what I mean? Like someone just like filmed something interesting and went, what can I do with this? It's really cool. Oh, I'll just put it on YouTube. And they just would put it on YouTube. Remember when the people did that? 
Like it doesn't feel like it's that yeah, anymore. Like that's yeah. more like a place for TikTok. Oh, it is not that anymore. It's yeah. I mean there is some of that. There's a little bit, but not more... not the way it used to be. Like it used to be you go in there and suddenly there's like a you know, a monkey riding around on the back of a goat, you know, and you're like, Oh, that's cute. Or whatever, right? Yeah, that would be more an Instagram or something now. Yeah. 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 Or if you can put if you can put something behind it, TikTok. Yeah. So it was it was kind of fun. Like there was some there was a few things that felt fairly like one was like Kirby or whatever. Like there's like various things like people would take clips of something people being humiliated or people doing something dumb or whatever and then they would it would be like curb your husband or curb your whatever one was one was good it was piers morgan who is a terrible person as you know yeah uh interviewing some contestants on some reality show in england so uh, kind of like a bachelorette sort of show and there was him and a, and, a, and a woman presenter and they were interviewing these these guests from the show and the woman was asking kind of questions like you know what did it teach you about you know how men and women relate to each other da, da, da. and the woman had they had some good answers and then Piers Morgan steps in and he starts saying to them have you read A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking he's like no that's not something I would read do you know da 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 and they're like uh, no and she goes do you know uh, Py- Pythagoras' theorem I was like no I don't and finally this other presenter you know calls him on this and goes do you know Pythagoras' theorem do you know what it is and he's kind of like he's kind of like well I don't want to uh, you know, da, da, da. and then she goes, uh, and then he goes, he finally goes, oh, you know, it's 3.147 or something like that. And then someone from off camera goes, that's pi. <laughs> and then it, and then it starts playing the Curb Your Enthusiasm music. And that's like how it cuts. And everyone is like that. But it was like such a great moment. My friend showed me that. And I was like, you know, that guy is such a dick. And that's a great, that's a great thing to see. Cause that's just, what a reminder of what a horrible man that, that person is. Yeah. Yeah. So a bunch of, a bunch of things like that. Just with people doing dumb things or whatever and then they start playing the curb your enthusiasm music and i'm like man i miss that youtube like you know i know you could i know i could get tiktok and be spied on by the chinese government while enjoying kids doing fun things on tiktok i miss vine but it's uh you know i just i'm a bit wary about about that but um i wonder if there's something you do to that just sets your settings back 10 years or so on <laughs> yeah, youtube yeah i know i don't know what he did is. i don't know what he did i don't know if he was like i don't know what happened yeah it's just this is so weird. Like, I mean, we normally like enjoy uh, the odd one that you know some person, you know, in some horrible, humiliating moment. You know, they're you know we like we do we do normally like to kind of meme those as a kind of daily thing. But it's uh, it's weird that it like went all all in, like all into the past of the great days of of YouTube. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I remember YouTube as being like a place you could watch a lot of live performances, like bands doing live performances, which most of those have been removed now. Like everyone got smart, all the all the record companies have gotten smart about that stuff and have just like, you know, sent like a an avalanche of copyright strikes against all these various uh people mm. and things that were had like, you know, live people playing, you know, from some 60s or 70s old shows and you know, that used to be kind of fun to search out that stuff, but you can't really do that anymore. It's all it's all kind of disappeared. But just because other people have learned that they can make money, you know, policing YouTube for companies who want yeah. that done, you know. So, which, you know, it kind of unfairly then affects people who are doing like legitimate criticism and stuff online as well, because they get copyright strikes because it it just pays. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, say you parked in a parking lot and you and when you closed your car door, your ticket blew across your dash and now it's upside down. Well, someone someone's going to come along and they're going to write up a ticket for your car, and he doesn't care 
he's not going to go, oh, I can see there's a ticket there. It's prob- probably just like got turned over. You know, he doesn't care. He's getting paid per ticket. So he's just going to write your ticket and leave you a ticket. He's not going to, you know, tr- take time to figure right. out, you know, or maybe you put down the wrong license plate number because you, in- you know, you inverted your numbers accidentally, or whatever. Instead of going, oh, this, this, uh, you know, this, it's BHB, but they put HBH for their license. Oh, well. I'll write a ticket anyway. Like, they're not going to bother trying to figure it out, right? Because they're getting paid to write you the ticket. So they don't, they're not going to care. So it's the same thing online now. You know, like you might be doing like a legitimate review of a movie, but that person doesn't care. They're just going to copyright strike you and get your video taken down and get paid for it. And then you have to appeal and say, well, this is fair use. And then YouTube says, oh yes, you're right. It's fair use. And then your video can go back up. Meanwhile, no one's seen your video. You've gotten demonetized, everything else, you know, so... Yeah, it's kind of sucks right now. YouTube is uh, YouTube's on its way out. It's over. So. Yeah, I think I think what your friend did. Yeah. Was there's a there was there's a filter on there because I've done this thing where I'm look, look, looking for something. And it's like I can just look for something that showed up in the last week. Okay. Or the last day. Yeah. But I think you can set it to just where you know you just see something that was like from a year ago. Okay. Or, okay. or longer, and oh. I think you can I think you can do that. Oh, interesting. Uh, I was just looking up like old YouTube, and and the main thing that came up was how you get the old YouTube display, oh. and you can get the old YouTube display up and make it look like old timey YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and uh, feel good. Just go, oh, this is before the pandemic days. <laughs> ah, ah, I feel so comfortable. Here. Yeah, but the, the oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and I almost feel like but, I mean, people are now that everyone's being demonetized, and and YouTube is you know, flexing its muscles on behalf of like much bigger organizations who are now using YouTube as, as a network or as a you know place to make money. You know, they want the ad revenue. They don't want the ad revenue to go to smaller fish in the pond. Um, yeah. Maybe YouTube will return back to its old days of, you know, monkeys riding around on goats and things like that. <laughs> what I'm enjoying now is watching um, people hear songs for the first time. Yes, Lisa was so, yeah, got into that like too. That. I, I went through that phase about a year and a bit ago because yeah. it is kind of fun to see people. I, I like that, and I also like watching like vocal coaches, voice coaches, people like who are professional mm. teachers. I like to watch them um, do it, but they're all kind of limited in what they listen to. So after a while, it gets kind of boring. Yeah, I'm just liking watching these kids who are you know hearing Queen for the first time. Is that the the two? Or, is that know, the two or, black or boys? Just, the twins? Yeah, who uh, they they were uh, yeah they were listening. <laughs> Sorry, I'm la- I'm laughing because I'm thinking of a blank patch response because of course they had something in the air tonight and so there was the it was the drums mm-hmm. but I was listening to them also uh, watching many other songs and it was it yeah. was pretty good yeah. but I just remember uh, the blank patch joke about that where like you know uh, I I played uh, Su Su Studio for some teenagers and they just beat the hell out of me <laughs> I was like yeah that sounds right. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, there's this other. That reminds other me of the guy, name. That reminds uh, me of the Jamal. name of my studio here. Is that right? Stu Stu Studio. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, there's this guy Jamal, aka Jamal, who also like listens to to stuff. And I was watching him um, watching the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Okay. And he he loved it. He was <laughs> just stunned by it. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, "This is a true story, right?" Oh my god! And he'd never heard Gordon Lightfoot's voice before. Like this is the perfect voice for this, and yeah, it's just something yeah, so, new. You just like seeing the, the nice thing is like seeing someone hear something legitimately new mm-hmm. that's really good, or like the kids that you're talking about, they haven't heard a lot of Prince, so like they've never heard Purple Rain. So watching them like hear Purple Rain for the first time is like, hmm, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah, it's a, it's a, it's really it's really entertaining just seeing. And then now they've also got those 
uh, for uh, comedy videos. So uh, there's people like watching uh, Monty Python scenes from, you know, uh, like Life of Brian and or, or you know, uh, Holy Grail for the first time. And just seeing just seeing them seeing it for the first time is pretty great as well. It's just fun watching people enjoying something. Yeah. It's, it's the yeah. opposite almost. Of, and I, like, I like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. I like making fun of stuff. That's all well and good. Yeah. But seeing someone like watch something good for the first time and just go, yeah. whoa. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like you know that the good bit's coming up right now. Well, it's right now. They've it, never heard Take On Me before and they they haven't <laughs> heard that high note. And here it is. And boom. They haven't heard Adele rolling in the deep. Like I was watching those kids like hear, hearing uh, Adele as well. And they're well, yeah, that's pretty good. Yes, it's okay. Oh, wah! And it's like this voice is coming out of her. Holy cow. And uh, yeah, it's, it's entertaining. I'm, I'm sure there's people reacting to our podcast the same way too. Sure. They're just thrilled. <laughs> and thrilled. they're I'm like, yeah, I hope two of them go somewhere with the story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they did. <laughs> that's right. 15 minutes later, they got, they got it. Whoop. <laughs> Risa's coming to visit me. Come on. Oh, hey, Risa. Now, uh, Risa, Risa is your wife. Is this right? Am I getting that right? Am <laughs> I remembering correctly? That's what Lisa calls her. My other wife. Oh, it's your cat. Yes. It's your cat. other wife. Oh, boy. Okay, that is a weird... Uh, you know, whatever your religion is, it's fine. Oh. I'm not going to judge you. One, Lisa, one of the things Lisa's that just, also Lisa's just jealous. She's also... just jealous of how much how much uh, Reese likes me. Yeah, I gotta I, listen. I've I've had that. In, you know, I know that my wife loved our cat more than me, so it's fine. I you gotta, you gotta, you just gotta take it. You're, you're the silver medal, and it's okay. It's all it's all fine. Yeah. What's sad is that uh, one quick thing. With the, uh, dragnet. That, oh, sure. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me the sad thing. Oh, I was just gonna say it's sad that. No, no. You where you're going? <laughs> what? You know you go. Okay. I was just gonna say that uh, it's sad because Reese can't hop up in my in my lap anymore. Because she's too old, she can just kind of stand there. But she doesn't like to get picked up either, because she's a cat. Oh, so, okay. She is now in my lap, though. Good. Yeah. I Where her, she should be. I picked her up against her wishes, but she's happy. <laughs> she's happy. Uh, I was just going to say one of the things that bugged me when I was watching Dragnet was, uh, which, which again, it just made it the most generic movie of all time. Was it's just going along, and then all of a sudden they end up at uh, Griffith Observatory. Oh yeah. And I just anytime. It's, Wait, is that a movie filmed Griffith in L.A.? Yeah, and you just like throw up your hands and go, fine, we're here. It's a movie. Fine, we're here. That's that's where I met the Hernandez brothers. Yes. Of all places. And did you say to them while you were there, uh, this, you know, this is where they, they shot um, Flesh Gordon. <laughs> I, that is one of the I did not know that. Oh, I'm... they got a list here of like every movie that I think, they shot there. Okay, like, so break, for... tell me some more interesting ones. I know that, of course, we all famously a rebel without a cause. Rebel Film without it. a cause, yeah. Uh, uh, well, you got a lot of stuff like Dick Tracy returns and whatever, and then we get. But then, of course, we get to the movie right, that came out a couple. Uh, what's that movie that came out? Um, Under the Silver Lake. Is that what it's called? The one with um. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. That, that is that is the second most recent movie that's been shot. There that's a really good after movie. After Hotel Artemis. I haven't. Oh, Hotel Artemis. Okay, I didn't see that movie. Did you see that movie? With I jo- have not yet. No. With Jodie Foster, right? I think so. Oh, yes, I did see it. Sorry, I okay. did see it. No good. Yeah, it's uh, it's a movie. It's in color. It's in focus. <laughs> Everyone got paid. It's all fine. That's no recommendation. It's really not. It's it's really not a recommendation. <laughs> um, it was in uh, almost every version of this movie. Let me go. This the original movie was in 1984. The most recent sequel to it was in 2015. Say that 2015. See, this is, it helps. 
Yeah, but the original movie was in 1984. Okay. Okay. The most recent uh, and it's, sequel. Uh, yeah, we and it's uh, we've gone back to it. We've gone back to it once uh, since since then. Uh, uh, yeah, it was kind of a kind of a horror thriller sci-fi movie. They made a bunch of sequels to it. What do you think it was from 1984? That was uh, that well, took place. Yeah, the only thing that pops into my head is Terminator, but I don't remember Terminator. That's it. Yeah, Terminator. Yeah. You say the most recent one was 2015. What about the movie that came out last year? Uh, they didn't go back to uh, they didn't go back to the observatory then. Oh, I see. But they did in the other movies. Yeah, Terminator Salvation. They did Terminator Genesis. They oh, did. okay. Wow. Okay, I didn't realize. Yeah. That. Uh, here's one. 1985. Yeah. Uh, it's also in the it's also in the uh, sequel, not in the third sequel <laughs> for obvious reasons. Okay. Does that help you in any way? It's in the first two uh, of the trilogy, but it can't be in the third. Oh, uh, so it'd be Back to the Future because it takes place in the yes, Old sir. West. Yep. Huh. Um, this is uh, this is a movie that uh, uh, has uh, three aliens coming to Earth. Uh-huh. And, Earth uh, girls are uh, easy. And, uh, yes, sir. There you go. Uh, this movie takes place in the uh, this this movie um, has Timothy Dalton as the villain. I don't know if that helps you in any way. It takes place in the past. It takes place basically around World War II ish uh, time place. Timothy oh, the Rocketeer. Is... The Rocketeer. Yes. <laughs> uh, this this movie is a. Uh, about a pornographer who does the right thing. A pornographer who does the right thing? Who ends up doing the right thing, yeah. But he's not a great guy. Oscar nominations for uh, people involved. Is it the, uh, Boogie Nights? Boogie Nights? People versus Larry Flint. Oh, okay. Oh. He did the right thing? Huh. Yeah. You know, he was uh, fighting for freedom of speech. Okay. That's true. Yeah. There you go. And, uh, and for freedom uh, of vaginas. This one is a... Uh, this is from 2003. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a prop from this movie. Okay. Uh, in the house. Yes. Um, it's a uh, it's a sequel to a movie yeah. that uh, was uh, a, a TV show from I... the 70s. Oh, uh, 70s show. Is it Sexy Lady? Sexy Lady in the TV show. Sexy Ladies. Oh, Sexy Ladies, Charlie's Angels. Yeah, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle. That's a big scene ah. uh, with Demi shooting all the angels and they all fall off of the observatory and should have been killed, but they, uh, they weren't, um, it's and magic. this, okay, let's give one more, one more. Oh, I'll give you a TV one. That's kind of cool too in a, bit, a second. Okay. But, uh, this is, this is a movie that, uh, was an award winner. No, it was an award winner. I'm lying. It was an <laughs> award winner for a while, but it was an award winner. And then no, no, but it was, oh, okay. La La Land. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But no, it did not win the award. You're right. Uh, but this was kind of a, a neat thing. So uh, this is a uh, this is a TV show from the 50s. Okay, it's in the very first episode of this TV show. Okay, it takes place on another planet, and they use the observatory as a place on, in this other planet. Oh, was okay, this a, so was it Twilight that. Zone? It was not Twilight Zone. Okay. No, uh, and uh, and yeah, you got like a nice alien guy who's there. Uh, trying to save uh, his uh, family, and uh, what is this TV oh, show I'm talking Superman. about? Superman, Adventures of Superman. That's right. It was Jor-El's uh, laboratory. Oh, really? Um, Krypton. Yeah. Wow. That's. And then later in yeah. other episodes, it was the Metropolis uh, Observatory. But yeah, it's uh, it's where Jor-El lived, uh, in uh, and and worked in uh, on Krypton in Adventures of Superman. That's great. Yeah. That's really that's quite quite a quite a history there. Hmm. Oh, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. It's 
everything. Oh, my stars. Oh, uh, how about this? Uh, uh, was it in the monkeys? Yes. <laughs> it was. It was huh. incorporated into musical sequences. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, was there's the area? grounds around it and stuff like that. They could definitely be goofing around doing whatever they doing their hijinks, their frolicsome fun. Yeah, it was uh, it was also in a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode, but I don't know that episode. Uh, it was one called Shadow. No, never. Really know. Anyway, yeah, I'm not a Glory not a... steals a giant cobra, which sounds to me like the plot of Dragnet. So I think we've come full circle on that. Glory steals oh the the final season of Buffy. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> you can save that talk for your Buffy uh, podcast. <laughs> oh, I've made my feelings clear on that. I won't. Yes, you have. I that's, won't be uh, labored. That's, that's... No, that's uh, that's absolutely that's absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, let me just move that over here. I just realized I've just lost our uh, page. Oh, there we go. I got to get our letters back up. Um, hey, here's an interesting thing that happened to me last week. I like interesting things. Tell me more, Dave. Well, something I've my I, something has happened to my my uh, physiognomy, my body. I am now allergic to uh, bee stings, which I wasn't before. Oh. And- how did you find this out? Well, I got bitten by... I was eating breakfast on Friday. I was just sitting at the t- breakfast table eating, and a wasp, a kind of stupefied wasp, I think he was a bit uh, dumbed down by the cold, but he landed on my, my wrist, and I didn't really pay much attention to it. I felt like kind of fluttering, and then I uh, got this big bite, and then I he flew off before I... I was, I was so engrossed in the paper. I was getting bitten by wasps. I was kind of like, oh, I'm getting bitten. I should stop reading this article. Anyway, let's see what uh, Lu, Luann's up to. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Luann. Don't let Puddle oh, man. you with that. So then... Uh, so, yeah, then this wasp bit me. So I, I have to admit, I, I did kill the wasp. Just I was I was that mad at it. But um, okay. I used my raisin bran box. Poor thing. Anyway, so... so uh, Wow, the old the old gypsy woman was right when she read its fortune that morning. <laughs> she was so, so strangely accurate, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So then I got bit, and it, you know, normally, and like in the past when I was younger, I don't get bit very often. But when I got would get bitten, it didn't really sting at all, and I wouldn't get much of a reaction. It would just kind of be like ouch, and then I'd be like, and then it would be gone, it'd be over with. But this really, it really hurt. Like all day long, it hurt. And it, it was sort of swollen. Mm. It was sort of swollen. And then I went away up to my brother and brother and sister in law's brother in law and sister in law's cabin on the weekend. I went up on Saturday with the girls. We just stayed over the two nights or one night, Saturday, Sunday. And but it got kind of it was sort of worrisome because my arm got really, really like swollen, like so swole that it was it was kind of scary looking. And I could see all all the scars in my in my skin because it was so stretched out by the by by the swelling that it that they were like these kind of stark white marks on my skin from where I've gotten little nicks and cuts over time, and they were just like right there for oh, me wow. to look at. It was really crazy, and it lasted it lasted till it's. I mean, it's still ongoing. I think I'm still a little itchy there, but it's gone down back to normal basically. Yeah, it's back to normal now. But yeah, it was, wasn't back to normal on Monday or Tuesday, so it was bad. So I guess I guess we're gonna. I don't know. We might have to get an EpiPen or something just to keep. Yeah, I think you case. do. Yeah, yeah. You got to be. You got to be careful with that mm-hmm. stuff for sure. Yeah, it's just I've yeah. never. I, I've honestly never really had like a significant allergy in my life. So, like Eve suffers terribly from from allergies. She's allergic to dust, hair, pet, like pet hair. Uh, she's allergic to uh, straw, like hay. She has hay fever, so she's allergic to pollen. 
she's alert she gets uh, breaks out in hives if the temperature changes suddenly so if she oh. if she jumps into the water and swims in like a lake or whatever and gets out she'll get she'll get hives uh yeah oh, she's, no. yeah she's really really reacts a lot to the you know does does anyone else in your family have a um a stinging allergy no not that i know of not that i know of i've never heard heard of it like lisa and eve share a hay fever but but that's it yeah it's uh it's weird i'm you know obviously you can your body changes over time and and so obviously i've just for whatever reason i've i've lost my ability to to uh get over a bee sting or a wasp bite it wasn't yeah, say, it wasn't a bee it was a wasp yeah, they say about every seven years, your allergies can like change. Is that right? Oh, and, man. Uh, yeah, my wife is allergic to, um, uh, I call her my wife. Uh, that's what she's, <laughs> her name's Pia, but you know, that's why I, I like to just call her my wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but uh, she, yeah, she, she had like a bad uh, bee sting situation when she was a little kid. Yeah. But that, that's probably done now. But, but, you know, we don't want to test it out. No, no, uh, no. Double double chit double check on that, but by now it's probably not the not the yeah, case. I've got it now. She can she's 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 re- released it into the air, and I got it. So oh, she has. That's how it's that's how the horror. Yeah, that's how works. that's how it works. It's like uh, it's like it's like one of those movies where the the alien creature moves from person to person, host to host. I'm now hosting the uh, the wasp bite allergy. Yeah, I had a I had a bee fly into my mouth and stung the hell out of my mouth, and I came out with an enormous mouth. Um, like, like I, I looked like the opening of the Rocky Horror Show. It, it was just, it was ridiculous. And of course, I'm like trying to get sympathy from the from the kids in my neighborhood, you know, as I'm like, you know, going, "A bee flew in my mouth. A bee flew in my mouth. Ow, my bee flew in my mouth." Which, of course, and they were like, "Oh, we feel for you, brother. Please come sip some cold water." And no, <laughs> f word, f word. I'm like, how does this make me gay? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, because you're complaining it about it. Time. You're complaining. Yeah, about I'm it. complaining about it. You see, like a, 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 a nice heterosexual gentleman, yes, would like have a bee fly in his mouth, sting it multiple times, and go, "Oh, pish tosh." That's right. Uh, oh, nothing to it. Uh, Why? Well, I merely laugh. Well, I laugh at to, it. Time to, time to join the military. Uh, off I go. Uh, no, I, I yeah, scoff when, at when pain and mouth, I laugh at discomfort. I, yeah, I killed it by biting on it because it was like. I, I can't spit it out. I tried to spit it out, mm-hmm. and that just made it sting me more. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, well, it's you or me, B. I feel bad about it. I didn't swallow it. Uh, you know, that would have been a mistake, I think. <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect. <laughs> yeah. Whole... I wasn't thinking clearly. Well, you know, here's the mistake that you made. You put a bee in your mouth. It goes in your bonnet. Yeah. <laughs> with all the frills upon it and I'll be the finest lady in the Easter parade I was singing that song do you think that's why the kids were yelling at I think that, that probably was a contributing factor it probably wasn't the best thing to be singing in 1982 now that I'm thinking about it it was a very different time it was a different time People... yeah and we're all just getting over the volcano so you know we're all having problems well here's the thing I'm going to throw that out as one of our questions of the week. Oh, sure. It's like, uh, do you have any allergies? Uh-huh. And here especially, do you have any new allergies that just popped up and like all of a sudden, hey, you know, what's what's this about? Yeah. Ugh. Don't, so, like, don't like this. I just, yeah, I just, just have to write this down. Okay. Well, you can talk. That, that you're allergic to uh, bees? Yeah, you should write that down. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, and do you guys? Uh, yeah, and 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 kind of uh, uh, also included in that. Do you care? Does anyone out there carry an EpiPen? Have you had to use it? 
what was that like? Uh, doing the old jamming to the uh, the thigh. Looks pretty cool when people do it. It looks pretty cool, but yeah. here's an interesting fact for you: is that it's only temporary. Like you have to go to the hospital after you use the EpiPen. Oh, is that right? It doesn't cure you. It just sta- okay. it just staves off the effects long enough for mm-hmm. you to to get to get a real medical help. So yes, you use your EpiPen and then make, and then make do, your way immediately. What do to... they do with the hospital? Yeah, what would they do at the hospital to uh, to if you stung if you get stung by a bee? What do they give you? at the hospital to uh well yeah uh, i wonder sure. yeah i wonder exactly what they do uh, maybe muscle relaxants so that your throat you know your you don't get constricting the throat doesn't constrict or maybe they if it got really serious they'd have to uh do a leak uh tricky tricky is it tracheotomy tracheotomy something like that yeah. you know i don't know like i really i'm no i'm no expert on that i'm not a doctor i'm just t- telling you from my from my paltry first aid knowledge which i recently acquired because now i'm a first aid attendant at work um the fact that if you have an allergic reaction to nuts or a bee sting or whatever, and you use an EpiPen, it is merely a temporary fix. You're just making, you're just viable, still call for an ambulance and be, get taken to the hospital because you could still have uh, issues. Okay. A word to the wise from mm-hmm. someone who, someone who isn't, I'm not even wise. So that's, that's, you know, it's big, big of me to, to think, think <laughs> giving words to the wise really. Uh, I'm going to go to our letters from last week now that we're talking about letters. Okay. Um, uh, our our question of the week last week was, what's your favorite funny movie? And our sub-question was, what's something you're trying to get done this summer? Uh, if you believe in summer and that it exists. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. I don't know what time is anymore, oh, okay. man. Okay. I thought, you were com- I, I, thought you were, I, just... I thought you were going flat earth there on me. No. I went. I, 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 I swim most days. Yesterday I went to the pool and all yeah. uh, oh, the kids were crying. They're so crying. And I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? Oh, the pool's closed. What? Why? Uh, there was a power outage. Like, oh. And so apparently the pool wasn't getting enough electricity, so it wasn't safe. You got to have a certain amount of electricity in the pool for you to swim. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's not safe. So you know, yeah, it was just the right amount. But you can't have too much or you'll die. Well, I guess but you have too little, you'll die. It's an outdoor pool, right? Yeah. That's weird. You gotta heat it. Gotta but I mean, they, but they don't heat it with electricity. They heat it with with natural gas. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know why then. But yeah. But I was. guess. But they, I guess uh, the skimmer, like the the uh, circuit, the water circulating system would would be electric though. So yeah, you you'd go. still need it because you you don't want to be swimming in a pool with uh, the kids have been ugh. Yeah, no, ugh, no, you don't want that. <laughs> uh, but, they, but the guy, the guy wasn't the best at the door. He was going like, okay, everybody, don't worry, because you know, I was like. Oh, don't worry. Okay, what's going to happen? Like, we're going to be able to swim in like a half hour or something? Like, don't worry. Uh, you've uh, you've all gotten an email about this. Like, oh. So we checked and we got an email like literally a minute before. Huh. And the email said, we're returning your money. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. But like all the kids are crying, <laughs> you know. And so the parents are like, well, what else do you want to do today? I don't know. It's like uh, swim. We all just we got you know they got the floaties. They they're in their bathing suits. It's like what else do you want to do? <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing else to do. What are you talking about? You know. And then let's go. Let's go find raccoons in the woods. No, nothing. There's nothing else to that. It's like saying to a kid, you know, uh, mom's not coming back. Uh, who else would you like to meet today? <laughs> no. It's the one thing you can't replace it. No. Uh, well, poor, poor kids. I was, uh, I was also like, oh. Yeah, I, well, I think, I think you are, I think you are sublimating your feelings into what they, you know, you're just pretending, you're taking your feelings and you're, you're putting them on the kids. 
the kids are probably like old, but... the kids are probably like oh man we get to go home and get play video games again we don't have to hang around here no no they were they were crying the kids were like actively crying oh really they were very upset oh they must have been see these are i've never seen teenagers cry before that's amazing well they're not teenagers i'm talking young little little oh, people little... We, we lads. oh i was picturing we, we children I was picturing roving and games, gangs of youth, but no, no, this is just no, no. Good. I was talking, no, I'm okay. talking elves. <laughs> Keebler or I'm talking like uh, Dobby. Oh, house elves. Okay. Oh, Dobby wants us to swim. Why can't Dobby fucking swim? <laughs> this is all Dobby has. Oh, I guess Dobby will go to the movies then. Oh, Dobby can't go to the movies. Oh, that's good. Well, then Dobby will just go to the library. What's that you say? Oh, it's closed as well. Oh, I guess Dobby won't fucking do that either, will Dobby? Okay. Well, Dobby will just go fuck himself then. And then I gave Dobby a sock. I don't want your fucking song. Like, oh, Dobby's in a mood. Anyway, um, our friend Mick writes and says, yeah. uh, hey, hey, Ian and David. Hello. Uh, my favorite funny movies, Mike, Mick, uh, my favorite funny movies usually relate more to the age I was when I saw them. Some hold up, some don't. Uh, <laughs> but a long list of films I loved when I saw them would have to include Groundhog Day. It's a good one. Back to the Future. Mm. All right, I'll let you say good or bad after each one of these. Okay. Uh, back to the Back to the Future. I said mm. the Wedding Singer. Ugh. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's good. Life of Brian. Really good. Naked Gun. Good movie. Harry Met Sally. Oh, that's a great rom a great rom com. Four weddings and a funeral. Nah, pretty good. Broadcast. Never seen it. Grand Budapest Hotel. That's a very good movie. Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's good. Muriel's Wedding. Don't think I saw that movie. The Castle. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Bridesmaids. Good movie. That's a good. That's fun. Book Smart. Oh, I love that movie. It's a lot of fun. Finally, my favorite film: the understated Scottish comedy *Local Hero*. Hmm, that's pretty good. You know, *Local Hero* suffers a little bit for me because I love Gregory's Girl so much. The *Local Heroes* is *Local Heroes* a little less. Like one of the things I like about Gregory, *Gregory's Girl*, there's a certain element of like surrealism to it. Like the penguin walking around the school, like not a real penguin, but someone dressed like a penguin who's like constantly being sent to other rooms, you know, not in here, over into, you know, so uh, I really like that film. Whereas Local Hero is a very, very like, felt when I saw it, maybe I should rewatch it because when I, I watched it as a, as about a youth and perhaps it's, it's message would resonate me more now that I'm older. I don't know, but so maybe I should give it a, maybe I should give it a view, but if they redo that movie. Could they please take out Mark Knopfler's score for the film? That's all I ask. Okay. That's all I ask. No, and also, no more saxophone. It's still midwinter here in Australia, so no summer plans yet. I get oh, it. Oh, right. you. Different part of the world. Oh, what a twister you, you, you told I, us. I remember, here's the thing Gregory's Girl to me, is uh, uh, I, I, I kind of came into movies uh, at a time where friends of mine who'd be really into movies yeah. would, would quote them endlessly and so <laughs> my friend alan yeah like we go see river's edge yeah and he just just doing crispin glover for for forever he'd just break into it yeah and and you would do uh the gregory's girl uh <laughs> like that was about six months of that uh, ah, gregory. Ah, gregory. Ah, gregory and your girl yeah oh. that was that was you for six months we're going to Caracas? so so yeah there was 
Yep, that was it. Yep. So that's what I remember more than the movie is friends of mine doing their impressions. Obsessing about it. Well, the reason I watched that movie was because of uh, Siskel and Ebert. They gave it a good review. I said, I got to see that movie. And then I rented it when it was available. I do think they helped push some uh, art house movies. Uh, oh, for sure. I wouldn't have, into... I, I have seen my dinner with Andre. Oh, he's the villain as well in the um, uh, Dragnet. Wallace Shawn? No, Andre. Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. He's kind of a guru guy in there. He would be good uh, at that. The whole thing is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, think, I think he is. Yeah, I think that's him. Or blending him in with one of the other movies. Um, <laughs> Todd. Protocol. He's in Protocol. Favorite. Favorite funny movie? I got into Sneaky Dragon uh, via Full Marks. Mm. So just about any Marx Brothers film would have to be pretty high on my list. Out but, of their films, Animal Crackers is probably my personal favorite. It's the one I saw first. Yeah. And it's probably the one that best balances all four brothers. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree or do you call him a liar, Dave? Oh, I would never call someone a liar. What do you say? Over, it's a subjective opinion. Oh, but... I don't know. <laughs> I, I definitely, I'm definitely, you know what? I, I, it is. It is. I think one of the best films. It's kind of for me. It's sort of A B Monkey Business, Animal Crackers. I I really like Animal Crackers. Mm-hmm. I feel like Monkey Business, even though the ending is a bit of a a wet sandwich. It's it's uh it's more like a movie than Animal Crackers. Like there's more kind of movie jokes or you know kind of more cartoony jokes in in, in Monkey Business. I don't know. Can I just say both and be done with it? The first one I saw was. Uh, a Night in Casablanca. So I do have a real affection for that film, even if I can recognize some of its weaknesses. I do really have like a, you know, a, a, a deep affection for that film. Yeah. By the way, Dave, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, Andre Gregory is not in Dragnet. He's in Protocol. I was mixing. I did. I said up. that. I said he's in Protocol. Woo. Yeah, I, I completely apologize to everyone concerned. Uh, but he was. I give myself a round of applause. So broad. It Woo. would have worked in that. A uh, speaking of funny movies, yep. Dave mentioned the Peter Bogdanovich film What's Up Doc ah, so on good. a previous episode. Yep. I gave it a watch, liked it a lot. Thanks for the recommendation. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for watching it. It's such a good movie. My daughter is... lo- my daughter loves it so much she asked for it for Christmas one year, so we have it here on Blu-ray. Ah, oh, good that's movie. Nice. Good movie. All right. Louise. Oh, Louise. our friend Louise. Uh writes. By the way, she made some delicious cookies. Uh, I think we mentioned that for uh Sparks Double Dog there. Uh, and uh, mwah, so I should uh, put some pictures. I have some pictures I took of mine, so I'll maybe post them on good, good, the good, good. webpage. I wish I, I wish I could give some to uh, Nina, uh, but uh, they would be stale by now. So I ate them. Uh, you know, what can I do? Um, <laughs> I'm sure she was just as happy seeing the pictures of them. I'm sure. That's as, just as good as seeing pictures of cookies as eating delicious cookies. Mm-hmm. Louise writes, since Spar- oh, she's talking about Sparks Double Dog Dare again. Oh, I like this. Uh, since Sparks Double Dog Dare models uh, having empathy for your foes as well as your friends, you do do that in the book. I'm going to assume the writer of uh, the negative review, oh, I see. We're talking a little bit about we had a, a, neg- a negative review in um, Goodreads, and I won't let it go. I will <laughs> do it as a one man show now. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to assume I found sparks to be uh, crushingly bad. Uh, I'm going to assume (laughs) the writer of that negative review is going through some stuff. She says the book is mostly action, but I disagree. Yeah. Like the first book, it has lots of heart and character development, snappy dialogue and fun details like that big spicy tunes reference to big shiny tunes. (laughs) That was a joke that uh, Nina put in and you know, 
along with the parody that she put in. I, I don't like her adding all these jokes. <laughs> Especially that they're getting bigger laughs than yours. Yeah, it's all people talk about now. We're all of her <laughs> visual jokes. Uh... Okay, fine. Perhaps the action sequences are a little more explosive this time around, as befits a Charlie-focused story. But it's mindful violence. Thank you. And speaking of being <laughs> a brave cat, uh, that's what I'm trying to do this summer. For instance, last Friday, I went to the dentist. Before I left home, I had to answer their online questionnaire. It turned out the Disney character I'm most like is Belle. Wait, wait, no, no, wait. Uh, it turned out I didn't have any symptoms of COVID-19. Oh. Uh, the office looked super pandemic. The receptionist's desk was behind plexiglass, and each room was sealed off with a zippered plastic wall and had an air purifier running in it. I also went to a library. Five branches in town are open for browsing, uh, but with hand sanitizing on entry, one-way aisles between the stacks, and a 30-minute time limit. Yes, I could get by on borrowing ebooks, but sometimes you need a paperback to read in the bathtub that isn't Sparks Double Dog Dare because you don't <laughs> want to drop that definitely not disappointing book into into that water. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I've mentioned Groundhog Day before. You're the second person to mention it, too, in, in this. Uh, so my second favorite funny movie is A Room with a View. What do you think of that movie, Dave? Oh, that's such a good movie. So well, good. Well, let me tell you what. So good. Said. That scene with with the with all the character all the male characters and they decide to go skinny dipping. Do you remember that scene? There have you, you go. Have you seen the movie? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Oh, it's a very good film. Yeah, very good. Helena Bottom Carter and uh, Rupert Rupert um, Graves is that his name or Rupert? Is it? Ugh. Anyway, the guy who played. Um, I know it's not Grint. I know it's not Grint. No, it's not that. Um, of course, uh, that guy, that big time actor, Daniel Day Lewis, is in it. <laughs> Day Lewis. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of guys, up and coming actors and stuff are in that film, and it's a it's a it's a fun movie, fun movie. It's the best of all those Merchant well, Ivory uh, things. Let me tell you what Louise says. She says it's smart funny rather than screwball funny. I like its message about how self deception and conformity can get in the way of finding your passion. The whole cast is note perfect, but Maggie Smith stands out as Helena Bonham Carter's a dithering chaperone, and Daniel Day Lewis is <laughs> yes, almost unrecognizable. Right as a pretentious upper-class twit. It has lush visuals, an operatic soundtrack uh, that isn't annoying, and title cards. <laughs> uh, and uh, she says, I love handing out uh, treats to trick-or-treaters, but not if the trick is asymptomatic virus transmission. Maybe we'll rig up a chute to slide the candy down from a second-floor uh, window. Or what do you call those things? The trebuchets? Like a... That's a, it's a Catapult? Uh, kind of thing? Yeah, it's like a catapult. Yeah, what is, is that called? A trebuchet? It's trebuchets. What am I about? The one that does. Yeah, yeah. Just trebuchets. Yeah, I think it should be a trebuchet, not just a catapult. Catapult's boring. Kind of like a, <laughs> yeah, you would rather have a trebuchet. I think a trebuchet doesn't it use like a sling. I don't know. Yeah, it does a, an extra. <laughs> like really, just nail the kids with it. Uh, Everett forgets. He writes. All right. And if they're wearing a no fear shirt and they scream, you gotta go, give me the shirt. <laughs> um, I quickly understood what happened. Oh, this is Edward Trigansky. I quickly understood what happened when I tried to be silly and clever at the same time. All oh, this is in regards to uh, an Indiana Jones reference in our, and we talked about that in our last episode. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I missed this comment. Oh, okay. Yeah, Read I quickly on. understood uh, what happened when I tried to be silly and clever at the same time and posted here as Indiana. Uh, Dragansky, play stupid games and win stupid prizes, and your post might disappear. I've heard Dave say it in the past that he's meticulous when writing anyone. So am I. I craft it. 
reread it, edit it, so I understand. It's <laughs> also the reason why I copy and paste what I've written before submitting the post, because it doesn't always go as planned, and the internet throws you a curveball. I work hard on my writing, so I take safeguards to save it. On the outside, chance of losing it may occur. I'll answer your questions now, but through an email this time. So we'll get to his email in a little uh, little bit here. <laughs> and move on to Chris Roberts, and who says, uh, we've been having a lockdown movie nights as a family, and one film everyone enjoyed hugely was Galaxy Quest. Ah, that's a good that's movie. A that's, a, that's a fun film for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like Spinal Tap, as well as being a great comedy, it also matches and in some ways surprises. Surpasses, uh, surpasses. Surpasses, sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, the quality of the thing it's sending up. In this case, Star Trek. Not my favorite uh, funny movie. I'm totally ducking that challenge, but it is a real gem. The only thing that I don't like in it is when, when uh, Tim uh, Allen is drinking a Coke and then just goes, mmm, backwash. I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? What? That's gross. Tim <laughs> Allen, boo. Don't care for that. Don't remember that at all, but okay. Apparently, uh, that's stuck in your mind. So do you have an email from uh, Edward to, to read, David? Oh, I have a few emails to read, so I'm going to go through them before Ooh, I... I start. Ed, you, you say. Ed Gosh, will have I... to wait, because we have an email. Right. We have an email from Chris. Chris didn't just write to you via our webpage, sneakydragon.com. He also sent an email to us at uh, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. So this is... Uh, he says, Hi, folks. The new Sparks book is beautiful in every sense. Evil Megacorp Aww. delivered my copy midweek, and I've left a review. <laughs> he then he he copy and pasted it for us, so that was very nice. Ian, you, Nina, and Dave have created something very special here, and I hope you know it. The best sequels expand the world of the original work, and that's exactly what you've done. It's not just a lovely read in its own right; it enriches the Sparks universe in a way that makes the first volume even better. That's quite something. There you go. Very nice. Aww. Hopefully that will erase very, very nice. erase the bitter taste of that review. You can finally stop reading it to every person you meet on the street. Uh, Brent Tannehill sent us... Um, it's a graphic, but it's really quite interesting. And I just want to talk about it a little bit because it's British Columbia split into three areas of equal population. And so each, each area is 1.5 um, million, basically. Let me just expand this here. So there's a red spot which is basically the city of Vancouver itself, which is 1.46 million, uh, or, or maybe 1,460,000. Maybe that's what they're trying to tell me here. Then there's uh, the area I live in, the Fraser Valley, and the southern tip of Vancouver Island, that is uh, 1,464,000 uh, 1. people. And then the entire rest of the province is blue, and that area, oh, sorry, I mixed up. The yellow part that I'm in is one uh, 1,475,000 people. The blue part, which is the entire rest of the province of BC, is one point, sorry, 1,464,000 people. But it's just sort of a very interesting uh, uh, look at how our population is, uh, how much of the population is, is sitting in one small part. Although I'm sure in, um, in Brent's... Uh, state of washington that i'm sure seattle if you did did the same thing you'd end up with a very similar uh, graphic i think in terms of population densities but it is very interesting how much you know how big vancouver is and how much of the province it control you know it basically controls the province vancouver because it has the most seats in in the legislature and 
And then the next part that's controlling Vancouver is the area around Vancouver. Or not sorry, controlling BC is the area around Vancouver and then a little bit of a little bit of of uh of Vancouver Island. And then, you know, then you have this blue part which is this huge vast rest of the the province and it's hard it's hard to uh, make it understandable to people. Um but I think it would take I think if you left Vancouver and drove to the top of Van, of, Van, of BC without stopping it would take you 36 hours to do that. So that is this to give you a sense of like how big it is. It's just a it's just huge. Like you can't even imagine. I remember as a kid driving from Vancouver to a place called Hazelton and that took 19 hours of driving for us to get there. Oh. And it's only a third of the way up the province. So it's just madness. It's just madness. So it's, but it's also it's just really fascinating like like this huge part of the rest of the province is just like at our mercy basically, which I is great. Anyway. <laughs> so thank you for that, Brent. That was really cool. And then I've got one more to read. Sure. And I've just got to go out of here to here and this is from ed and ed says actually i have a i have more than this to read but this is the emails uh ed uh the uh, subject the heading is what's your favorite funny movie and ed says you probably already know my funniest film is a marx brothers film because i think i've discussed this some time ago the hard part is which marx brothers film i'm inclined to go with a night of the opera based on the criteria that it was my first marx film so i've probably seen it the most or that I'm more familiar with it than the rest, but I'm not sure. Opera is really like an old friend, and I get a sense of comfort when I watch it. I also still laugh at the same jokes and gags, even though I've heard them 100 times, and that ending still delights me as they cause complete chaos and get get away with it. I think that was the biggest draw for me about the Marxes, that they were able to cause such an experience of calamity and still come out on top. They're true heroes to me. Yeah, I think that'd be very similar for me as well. I think they really were, there was a certain element of Bugs Bunny to them. And because I knew Bugs Bunny before I knew the Marx Brothers, but that, that right. element of that anarchic element of Bugs Bunny, you know, that kind of, you know, brave, that fearless bunny that will, you know, fight anyone, even an opera singer. He, it's, you know, it's, it's so, it's so reflected in, in, in the Marx Brothers. It's great. Just one second. I just have to bring a cat up into my lap. Sure. Hello, Reese. All right. Ed goes on to say, or I go to, I go on to refresh this this email. If not for the Marx Brothers, I'd go with one of those loud, boisterous comedies like The Great Race or 1941 as an alternative. We've split hairs on these films in the past, and I really can't put my finger on why I enjoy them so much. Maybe it's the fact that I come from a huge, loud family, and I feel right in line with these films. I really do laugh along with them and sincerely find them funny. Funny in a way that situational events that don't really work but do in this film thrill me. Crashing a P-40E fighter plane on Hollywood Boulevard, or the fact that Belushi's cigar is always lit, both feel like huge real-life cartoons in some odd way with a huge cast of characters that all come together in the end. The way that things work in a, in a way that would never work in real life, but in these films, like a cartoon they work. Another is the sidecar being released from Belushi's motorcycle, which goes on forever with Wendy Jo Spencer and Treat Williams inside it, and they would never do that in real life. This brings an unreal kind of animated plausibility to the scenes that I enjoy and laugh at. So it's not just the jokes in these films, but the way the unreal aspects humorously work. If I had Good to go... for Wendy, Wendy Jo, she was great. Yes. She was great in Bosom Buddies as well. Yeah, and in that movie with... Um, I can't remember what it's called, but where the girls want to see the Beatles so much at the at the Ed Sullivan Theater. Yeah. That's a really good movie yes. as well. She's really great in that film. 
If I had to go with a comedy genre that still brings me to laughter, I'd say the mockumentary. Uh, something still cracks me up about this is Spinal Tap. All you need is cash mm-hmm. and all the Christopher Guest mockumentary films. Each one uses the same formula with the same actors, but with different subject matter, and I still enjoy every one of them. Imagine if Guest did one centered around a Comic-Con. Then he says, what's some? Mm. Then he, then he uh, next says, what's something you're trying to get done this summer? The summers here in Texas go on until mid-November, so I still have plenty of time to accomplish anything, Ed. Thank you, Ed, for that. That's great. That's very great. And then... Uh, by the way, the, 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 I'm just going to say the movie you were thinking about was I Want to Hold Your Hand. I thought that's what it was. Yes, that that's is. That's what it is. That is a really fun, fun, fun movie. And then we got, we got a very nice gift from a listener. That oh, way. I like gifts. I like gifts too, and this is this is for you, Ian, more than me, because during oh, our during our question and answer show, mm-hmm. Mark Darbovalsky asked if you would be interested in a Caddyshack, a book about Caddyshack. It's called Caddyshack: mm. The Making of a Hollywood Cinderella Story by Chris Nashawadi, and uh, you said, "Yeah, that sounds in- interesting." And so Mark was kind enough to send it along, and I was kind enough to start reading it while I was waiting for you to to. Uh, be available on Skype, so I'm afraid I'm going to keep it till I finish it, but when I'm done, you can have it. And uh, Mark says, Hi, Ian. Hi, David. Uh, it's a thank you card. It says thank you on the front. So he says, Hi, Ian. Hi, David. Thank you for answering my questions in episode 450 with humor and your customary lively banter. You guys rock. I asked if Ian wanted a copy of the book Caddyshack, and the positive response led to this mailing. No strings. It's an enjoyable read. I only made the full connection between the National Lampoon and the movie after reading this book. And I love the chapter on, quote unquote, rapping Rodney Dangerfield. I hope you both enjoy reading mm-hmm. reading uh, the behind the scenes revelations the book underscores. Consider this text a small appreciative gift for the hours of enjoyment your cast gives me. Sorry, I couldn't hollow out the book and put wine in it. It's illegal to send bottles <laughs> of wine, methinks. Best, Mark Dobrovolsky. You know, what's with everybody in this whole uh, being the law uh, nonsense? Everyone's <laughs> like, hey, you know what's illegal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, Sneaky Dragon listeners, obey the law, Ian. And by the way, everyone, oh. I finally got in the mail. It took, it took, it was supposed to be a two-week delivery. I ordered them on July the 6th, expecting them to get them just in time for our question and answer show. And here they are. They finally arrived this week. The uh, stickers. So I'll be sending those out to people. And my God, I did not realize they're as big as they are. They are so huge. It's hilarious. Is that right? What a nutball I am. Anyway, I can yeah, only, I gotta only get have myself to thank. I got to get you a copy of Extra Sisters for the uh, for Yeah, I'm going to see you uh, uh, on Monday. Not see you necessarily on Monday, but I'm going to drop by to pick up the buttons. And okay. uh, you can you can give me the stuff for the for the prize because I also got the shirts and uh, I got a couple of shirts one for a different done for a different thing for a different person but uh, and a mug in the mail today so I'm going to uh, be mailing those off very uh, next week because I want to get some buttons and, right. and everything else so yeah so it's there you go so if you're expecting something in the mail it's coming if you live in Australia and you're expecting something in the mail don't hold your breath it's going to take a while I think we know. It takes a long time for things to make their way by service mail. I think they send them to the Galapagos, and then the turtles bring them to Australia from there. Oop, that sound was the stickers falling. Let me put them in the <laughs> place. Oh, they're huge. I don't even. I can't even describe how big oh, they no, are. Oh, no, now they're all stuck to the cat. They're all stuck to the cat. <laughs> oh, no. Reese was pet for a while, and she left again. She's sitting, on, sitting in the other no. chair in the office here. <laughs> we made the mistake of uh, showing um, our cat 
uh, how the tap works. So now uh, whenever we're in the bathroom, it's like we got to now uh, lift him up to the tap to drink some nice fresh water from the tap. <laughs> um, and there's oh. times where like we're downstairs, we're watching TV, and he's just like come out of like, hey, that was some tap water from upstairs. I'm like, it's too far. <laughs> okay. But the second you get up, we're having this conversation again. I'm like, okay. All right, let's go. Oh, yeah, the other he's, thing. Uh, he's getting... Oh, sorry, go on, go on. I was going to say, he's gotten really spoiled since we dedicated the the Sparks Double Dog Dare book to him. <laughs> he's just like, he found out about it, and now it's like, ugh. <laughs> oh, it's just so arrogant. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so uh, stickers.com was kind enough to send me, or whatever they're called, I don't know the name of the place. They were kind enough to send me some stickers with my order. So one is kind of fun. It's like a, a Fight Club bar of soap that says Fight covid Okay. So I like that. That's kind of a fun sticker. But then the other one is called Alternative Ways to Wipe Your Butt. And I'm like, <laughs> what? why would you? Did I? Did my name? Something about my my insouciant way of ordering from you online <clears throat> give you the sense that I wanted a bunch of stickers of Alternative Ways to Wipe Your Butt? Which are, by the way, socks with no socks with no match. I guess with no matching socks. Uh, the, yeah. dip, the dip and shake. Uh-huh. Run really fast. Sure. Head spin. Uh huh. Use your artistic skills. Uh huh. Okay. Twerk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Learn from the pros. It's a dog. Okay. All right. And fine. Okay. Use the stick. Oh. Use the sticker sheet, which I think is the best application. Yeah, I think that that's definitely where we're gonna go. Well, it sounds like you got two things, both from the COVID pack, because that <laughs> one's that one's from the time where we're all running out of uh, toilet paper. So that's, oh, when these, that's when these stickers would have been hilarious. Oh, that's what it's about. Oh, it's, that's yeah. that was a ten years ago that that happened. So who remembers that? Yeah, now? we were still we were making sourdough bread back then. Tiger King was on. It was a very different time. Yeah, I think I think we were doing fan splainers back then. I don't know if we still do that podcast. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. And then uh, oh, and then uh, Mark also sent his business card. Well, we're, cool. we're not hiring right now. We well, when we are, I'll keep it on file. Okay, thank you. We will we'll keep your application on file as we do with all applications. <laughs> yes, we never throw them out. We always keep them on file. For the for the time that I go a little too far, and, <laughs> and then it's like okay, and then you just you get that phone call and go like, hey, guess what? We're doing a podcast about peanuts. What? <laughs> I, I, what's happening? I'll see you Monday. Bring me three pages of facts about Shermie. <laughs> Real deep dive on Shermie. <laughs> give me, give me all you got on Shermie. General Sherman? Like was he? What was he? What was he? No, okay. And I want you to compare and contrast the two patties. <laughs> <laughs> and contrast. How is she different from Violet? What are the main differences? There are no differences. There are no differences between the original Patty and Violet. There's nothing. No, they're pretty uh, blank slate characters. I would uh, I would agree with that. Um, so we are. One question is: Are you allergic to things? Yeah. Um, what would you say would be a good second question for uh, for this week, Brim? Ooh. Um. Hmm. Oh, I I know. <laughs> I don't. Okay, this is kind of a weird one, but uh, uh, I'd like to know your favorite bumper sticker. If you can remember, like a bumper sticker you saw in the past that tickled your fancy, let me know. Horn if you're honky. <laughs> is that what you saw? No, it's the first thing that came to my mind. Okay, well, what I liked was that I, I was actually passed by a Scion when they were brand new. I don't know if you know that car, but it's a very boxy, yep. kind of weird, ugly car. And then they had a bumper sticker in the back that said, you've just been passed by a toaster. So I, <laughs> I like, thought that was quite good. So there you go. So if you 
have a bumper sticker you like, let me know. Okay. So uh, your favorite bumper sticker and are you allergic to anything? And if you're allergic to bumper stickers, uh, you can do both of them at the same time. (laughs) And here's here's how you're going to do that. You're going to email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. How do they do it, Ian? Well, exactly what I'm saying at the moment. Oh, sorry. Uh, Email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Or you might want to go to our website, which is sneakydragon.com, and there we have all our episodes. Underneath each episode is a message area. Put something there. We'll respond. Uh, go to Facebook, Sneaky Dragon. Boom. There. Write something there. That's fine. Or go to Twitter if you are on there. Maybe you are on there. And go at uh, Sneaky underscore Dragon, and then give us a little message there. Or go to Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Are we doing TikTok yet? We are not. Are we on YouTube? <laughs> a little bit. Not too much, but we are. Our 400th episode's on there. Uh, with a bunch of live interviews with uh, good people. Uh, Dave is showing you on there how to make eggs Dedrick. Mm. Uh, we'll probably be doing some more stuff in the future when we can kind of get together in the same room again. Looking forward um, to it. Looking yeah, forward to that day. Those, those are the ways to, to go about it. We are a uh, Patreon-sponsored um, uh, podcast. That means sponsored by you. If you want to support this podcast, uh, you go to patreon.com slash sneakydragon or go to the Patreon app and enter Sneaky Dragon, and you can do a regular contribution uh, of like a couple of bucks a month. Uh, even a small amount helps, and uh, we, you know, then put it towards uh, paying for internet uh, tubes. I think that's how it works. <laughs> we got to pay for more tubes. Yeah, and uh, and also things. all of Dave's fancy hats. Yeah, Dave loves his fancy hats. I do. Uh, another way to uh, to kind of you know go, hey, I like you guys, is to buy our book, which is out right now. And as I say, it's doing uh, doing nicely in Canada, but we've got to crush Robert Munch. Okay. It's fine. The Marrow Thieves, I'm fine with that. That can be number one. But we want silver or bronze. Yes. So uh, if you can if you can buy our book, that'd be great. It's called Sparks Double Dog Dare. Uh, it was written by me. It was drawn by the third dragon, Nina Matsumoto. And it was colored by Three Dog Dedrick, uh, Dave Dedrick, your uh, co-host. So please, uh, you know, if you, if you have a young person who likes uh, that kind of uh, book, uh, buy it for them, and if not, buy it for yourself. And it's uh, some laughs, and maybe a few tears. And hey, you might learn something before it's done about bees. And uh, we just found out Dave's allergic to them. Yeah. So uh, you know, I just found learn that. learn how to help the things that hurt Dave. <laughs> that's the, that's the point of this book. <laughs> I don't know about bee stings, but definitely wasp bites. Well, let's try it out. Well, next time you're over, we'll uh, sting you with a bee and see. Yeah, what we'll on. see what happens for sure. Sounds like a good idea. Um, and- you were saying it was a wasp bite more than a sting, right? I, I think that do wasps. I guess wasps don't really bite; they actually sting. But you know what I meant. They can bite. They can bite as well. Oh, okay. Do both. I I was like I, I say I wasn't even looking at, at the at the incident. By the time I even saw the wasp, it was like st- stupidly, you know, on the floor doing nothing. So. Here was a time that uh, nature, as a as a kid, uh, uh, annoyed me. Okay. Uh, okay, so you know, I know avoid bees, avoid wasps. But I like I liked insects, and so like I picked up some ants, and they were on my hand, yeah. and I was talking to them as I did because <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, and I was like, "How you doing? You having a nice summer night?" And then they started biting my hand. And oh. I was like, "They bite <laughs> ants, bite!" And I just took them off, and it was like, "Son of a!" It's like so annoying that it was like, "Well, that's a betrayal." <laughs> Next thing, a cat was going to be poking you in the eye. Maybe <laughs> just for. 
Maybe they weren't so appreciative of you picking them up and carrying them around. They're, they're, they, have, they have work to do, you know? They're ants. They have work to do. That's they're, true. Sorry, we're on the clock. They're on task. Yeah. <laughs> they all had little switchblades, and they just started stabbing my hands. They have like, stab, they have, stab, stab, stab. They only have a couple of days to get all, get all their work done, and then they're then they're done for. Is that right? I don't want to know why. It's probably bad bad news. Oh, uh, I, I, don't, I, like, I don't think insects live that long, do they? Do they have like a long... Uh, yeah. Long life? I don't. I don't think so. Aren't they like tortoises? They live hundreds of years. They live hundreds of years. Some of them are. <laughs> I don't around, think uh, so. I don't think yeah. so. Some of them are around in the First World War. Yeah, I think that's how it works. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll ask our friend uh, Gavin that. Sure. Yeah, let us know, Gavin. Gavin. Let us know. Gavin, please lie. Please lie and make up good facts. <laughs> make me look smarter. Um, so uh, that brings us, I think, to the end of the show. Yeah. Um, you know yeah. what? This was a great dry run through. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm now going to turn on the tape recorder, and we can do it for real. Oh, we're using the tape recorder now. Well, I just well, you recorded know an episode. My, my digital recorder. Off my screen. Oh, okay. All right. That's recorder. fine. I'll turn it on. We're actually, yeah. I've got an actual tape recorder here. We could just do it old school. It <laughs> sounds like a lot of work. Have it to dub the All right. Well, well uh, listen. I, I'm yep. going to hang up for a little while, but yeah. I'm sure I'll pick up the next time you call. Okay. Okay. If I don't pick up, it means the phone's broken, so just forget <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give you a call back in a and, few minutes, uh, and we'll record the show. Yeah, you do that. You give me a call back yeah. soon. Okay. I'm sure I'll be here. Sure, um, sure. In the meantime, I'm going to send you this uh, City of Crime uh, video that's uh, great. Okay, please do. And we'll make please everybody do. happy. Please do. Okay. And please check your messenger, because I sent you a picture of my uh, Stu Stu Studio sign in my studio here. Excellent. <laughs> I do look forward to seeing this. All right. I'm sure I will pick up the phone. <laughs> okay. Probably. Okay. All right. All right. I'll... Goodbye. All right. So we'll talk soon then. Okay. Bye. Please hang up the phone. The phone has been hung up. Please get the message and don't call back. Please clue in to these subtle hints. Don't call back. Ne pas call back du français. Français ne call back non. No, Radio Canada. good let's call it a let's call it a it ended with a bit let's call it a draw <laughs> <laughs> there are no winners only losers <laughs>